Hello, good humans, and welcome back to Hello, Good Humans, the podcast. I'm recording this intro after the fact because I am having a little bit of trouble with the whole audio thing. So if you are already a devoted listener and you've noticed that my audio quality is not perfect, I commend you for staying and listening, and I promise each week it's going to get better. I am just not an audio girly and I am doing my very best but let's get into it okay so today is the Q&A episode I don't have a guest with me today I just figured you know we've had a couple of episodes I have had the great pleasure of interviewing some of my very best friends and some people that inspire me in the community and today we're going to learn a little bit more about me the host and creator of Hello Good Humans, the podcast. So I went on Instagram and Facebook. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, it's at Hello Good Humans XO because at Hello Good Humans was already taken. If you'd like to follow me there, I'll post weekly updates with who I'm interviewing and you'll see notifications when the podcast comes out. I'm not going to friend all of you on Facebook, although I have a really good feeling that most of my guests already are my friends on Facebook. (laughs) Anyway, I went on Facebook and Instagram and asked you to ask me questions to answer. So I will say a lot of them are about my experience in the Miss America organization, which admittedly is a pretty big part of my life this year. I mean, I am a title holder for my city and it is rather time consuming. I have put a lot of effort and blood, sweat, and tears literally into being this title holder. I don't know why I try to keep like the anonymity in there. Everybody knows that I live in lacrosse. So I am (laughs) Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest for just a couple of more months. The pageant is actually two months from the day that I'm recording this. So I'm just Miss Lacrosse for two more months, which is crazy because I feel like it became my life yesterday. But after I'm done, I'm going to do an entire episode, maybe two, maybe three. I have had a lot of experiences, both good and not so good. Nothing horrible, but I think that there's a lot to be said about the pageant community, um, my my honest, genuine, authentic experiences. Um, So look forward to that in the future, or don't. I mean, I'm not going to expose anyone, don't worry. But there are definitely some things that I have opinions about, and honestly, I think that I can share them. But I'm going to not answer the Miss Wisconsin, uh, Miss America questions today, because there is more to me than being a pageant queen for a year. The first question is, can you talk about mental health on the podcast? And the short answer is yes. If you listen to my very first episode with my best friend, Brittany, We actually got into mental health a little bit. Um, I have had a mental health diagnosis since I was about 17, and it's been a really big part of my life. I mean, those of you that have mental health diagnoses or struggle with mental health know that you have good days, you have bad days, but it's always there. It's always maybe like a little shadow or a little you know, a little lingering thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the sake of being vulnerable, and again, 
a lot of you already follow me on social media and know that I struggle with these things. But since I was in high school, I've had diagnoses of um, anxiety, which I think is still true. Within the past year, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, which was really hard for me to stomach because I don't think that I am a depressed person, but I do struggle quite seriously with depression. And a lot of my symptoms manifest in um, exhaustion and fatigue. You know, when you go to the doctor and they have you fill out the surveys that say, you know, do I have little or no interest in doing things? That is that is what I struggle with the most. It's I could feel happy. I could feel like I'm doing I I could feel like I am doing okay, but I know that I am in a depressive episode or chapter, even if it's a day, a week, a month, when I don't feel like getting up and doing anything. It is extremely hard for me to get out of bed. It is extremely hard for me to sit down and focus on one thing. I don't want to read. I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to go to work. I mean... I very much get into a rut like that. And so I would say that that's the biggest thing that I struggle with in terms of depression. But the thing that I have talked about at length this year as Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest is my struggles with eating disorders and body dysmorphia. I do think that that's also going to be another episode. Um, And someday I'll stop saying like, (laughs) it'll be another episode and I'll say, hey, I already talked about this. Go back to October and listen to this. But, you know, we're just getting started and I appreciate all of the support so much. Um, So yes, five minutes later, I will say yes, we'll absolutely talk about mental health on the podcast. I have some guests already lined up to interview that are going to be coming from mental health backgrounds. So they work in mental health or people that have struggled and overcome mental health people that are actively dealing with mental health. I mean, that could be anybody. But yes, we'll absolutely talk about it. I want this to be a safe, honest, vulnerable place. And yeah, the next question is, what do I do in my spare time? Well, I'm a huge reader. Um, I love to read. I love to write. I love to journal. I have two cats whom I love very much. I like to craft, so I make a lot of cards and send snail mail. Um, I love coffee shops. I love to go to coffee shops. My go-to order is a an almond milk vanilla latte or an almond milk chai latte with, a, with an espresso shot, otherwise known as a dirty chai. Or if you live in a, in a city that has mocha, a chai pacino, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton of spare time right now, but I would say the biggest thing that I do is read. And right now I have been reading a string of different people's memoirs and stories about their own, uh, struggles with body dysmorphia. So right now I'm reading Hunger by Roxanne Gray, Gay, Roxanne Gay. And I just finished, I'm going to look up in my Storygraph app while I'm speaking, I just finished the book Weightless by Yvette Dion. So both very good memoirs talking about the reality of body image, body dysmorphia, 
weight gain, all of that, uh, which is something that I struggle with and I want to learn from other people's experiences. All right, next question. Do you think you found your life purpose? And if so, what is it? Whew, this is a tough question. I think I know what my life purpose is supposed to be. I don't know if I've reached it, but I know that I am on my way. I think that my life purpose is to use my voice and my talents to invoke healing in other people by spreading my own story, by sharing words, by sharing music. Um, I have said for a little bit that my dream job is to just be, and it sounds so cringy because of the TikTok world, but I would say like a content creator. And I don't mean Instagram content. I don't mean TikTok content, but I mean like I want to write books. I want to release music. I had a dream of releasing a podcast and we're a couple of episodes in, so I hope that that's going well. But uh, yeah, content as in like media, media creation, just sharing my my words, my beliefs, my faith, my own story, my testimony in a multitude of different ways. So who knows? Maybe that will be writing a book. Maybe it'll be writing a devotional. Maybe it will be recording an album. Maybe I'll do a TED Talk. I'm really seriously manifesting that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I do strongly believe that that is my life's purpose. I just, I'm not quite there yet. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. I also do believe that I am supposed to be a wife and a mother someday. I know that that may be kind of cliche to say, but I, I do feel extremely called to marriage and motherhood, but I'm not rushing into anything. And if my boyfriend hears this, he's going to say, yes, I don't have to propose for 10 more years. We'll see. Next question I got is how do you balance personal grief and loss with your faith? Um, I wish that I had a good answer for this. Um, I actually have been blessed enough in my life to not experience deep deep traumatic loss. Um, I have lost a couple of friends, but not close friends. I've lost pets, which for non-pet owners probably seems a little meh, but it's really hard to go through. But I am blessed enough that I still have all four of my grandparents. I really haven't lost any close family members, and I really hope I don't jinx this by saying this in the church the the methodist church we believe in a heaven and so if you make it to heaven the goal is that you will get to be reunited with the ones that you love and so personal loss is a real thing but there is hope that you will get to be reunited with your loved ones someday and that while we're still living here on earth that they're watching over us that they're hanging out with Father God, they're walking in the gardens and hanging out with everybody that's passed. I mean, <laughs> that's what I believe. And so I hope that someday when I do experience more deep loss that I will be able to rest assured knowing that I hopefully will get to see them someday, that they're in a better place now. I mean, honestly, it's a lot of really cliche sayings that come to mind, but those cliche those cliche sayings do come from somewhere and 
I do, I do believe in them, whether or not they are cliche. So I don't really know if I answered that, but yeah, I'll move on. How did I pick my cat's names? And if I could get another pet, what would it be? Um, I have two cats and their names are Hippo and Miso. I love them so much. I am grinning like an idiot <laughs> thinking about my stupid little furry babies. So we first adopted Hippo. We adopted him during the pandemic. And so this was the time when we couldn't go to the Humane Society to see him or visit him before we got him. So we adopted or we we filled out the adoption paperwork online. We saw a picture of him. He was gray. And my boyfriend said, we should name him Hippo because he's gray. And sounds good. We went to pick him up and this cat is 17 pounds. He's a chonky little chonk and his name is Hippo. We call him a hungry hippo. We call him Hippopotamus. He deserves his name purely for his little appetite. Then uh, the following July, we actually cat sat my aunt and uncle's cat while they were on vacation for a month and his name was already Miso and we stuck with the name because because it was adorable um and then we we cat sat but then he became best friends with hippo and my aunt and uncle were like you know what he seems happier with you so hippo and miso went from being cousins to becoming brothers and if i could get another pet what would it be the honest truth answer is probably another cat i love cats i would love to have an orange cat and a black cat and a white cat to go with my brown cat and gray cat. <laughs> I had an, a hedgehog at one point and that was the greatest thing and also the greatest heartbreak when she passed. I don't think I could ever get another hedgehog because of how heartbreaking it was when she passed away. I didn't realize up until that point how much love and care I truly had for her. Um, but her name was Ariana, and that leads me to another question, which is what is my or what what are my biggest musical inspirations and influences? The number one answer for this is Ariana Grande, who Ariana the Hedgehog was named after. Um, I have loved Ariana Grande for a very long time, and those that know me personally know that I'm a little obsessed. I have a tattoo on my arm that matches one that she has on her hand. I've seen her live in concert at her Dangerous Woman tour and her or Sweetener, Thank You Next tour. And I just love her. I think she is one of the greatest musicians of our generation. She has an incredible, incredible range. She is always on point when she sings live. I just... I'm, I just love her. I think she's great. And right now she is filming Wicked in the role of Glinda. And when I tell you all that I am peeing my pants with excitement to see that, I'm, I truly mean it. Next, how did I end up at my job? And is it hard finding careers connected so much to my faith? Um, well, I got my undergrad degree in religious studies and theology. So... Right after graduating with my undergrad, I started applying to youth ministry jobs, campus ministry jobs, and there is actually quite a demand. I mean, I was I was applying on Indeed, and there seemed to be quite a few. 
but I kind of ended up at my job slowly. So during the pandemic, I got offered a like buy the service basis role as the praise and worship director. So I got paid basically for every Sunday that I was there and I didn't get paid for the Sundays that I wasn't. And that morphed into being the part-time praise and worship director. So then I kind of oversaw the program. From there, I moved into a part-time role as the praise and worship director and the youth director. And then just this past October, I was offered a job as the full-time youth director. My title is now the director of Youth, Young Adult, and Mercy Ministries. So I oversee youth ministry, young adult ministry, and anything to do with social justice. I would say I was extremely lucky to end up in this job right after graduation because it is a reconciling church, which means that we are queer affirming. And I had gotten job offers at a couple of other churches that I knew that I was not going to take because of the fact that they were either not queer affirming in the sense that they didn't really have a stance or they were anti, which I was never going to work there. Um, But I just kind of mass applied because after graduating college, there's a lot of pressure to get a job right now and right away. So I would say if if I wasn't looking for a place that was so inclusive, it would have been harder, which is so sad to think about. But I was just lucky that I was already part of a community that needed a youth director at the time. It is Zoe from the future coming to correct myself. I meant to say that finding an inclusive job is probably harder than finding a non-inclusive job, especially in ministry. And that is, that's terrible to say, but I am lucky to have found a church that is so inclusive, so accepting, so welcoming right out of college. And I hope to be here for a while. All right, moving on. What has been one of the most difficult things that I have overcome? I would definitely say in response to the very first question about mental health has been my struggles with eating disorders. I have kind of struggled with a lot of different disorders throughout the years. Um, When I was in high school, I struggled more with anorexia, a little bit of bulimia, and now as it is six to eight years later, I am very much struggling on the binge eating disorder side. And I think a lot of that came from As I was recovering from anorexia, I developed this mentality that I was healed and that I could eat anything that I wanted, but instead it morphed into a lot of binge eating habits, and then I suddenly found that I was not happy with how I looked, how I felt, so I would restrict my food in the morning, then be super hungry by night, and that would result in a binge. So I think that working on that, I I have not by any means overcome that, But working on that has definitely been the hardest thing because I will go through weeks where I feel amazing and I love how I look in clothes and I am journaling and I'm happy and I'm I'm hanging out with my friends and my family and I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden something will happen. Like for example, last week I went and saw the new Indiana Jones movie with my boyfriend and I had a full-on meltdown during the movie in the theater. And it was body it was body dysmorphia related. It was because I wanted to get candy to eat during the movie. I 
bought a box of Junior Mints because they're some of my favorite. I happened to look at the back and see how many calories were in it. And I need to say this very publicly. I do not count my calories. I will not count my calories. And I've never been someone that has. But in that moment, my body dysmorphia brain decided that that was the thing that I needed to fixate on. And I spent about an hour of the movie thinking about how I should or shouldn't eat these junior mints. And they sat next to me. They tortured me. I didn't pay attention to the movie. I was in tears. I was about ready to ask my boyfriend if we could leave the movie. And finally, I just opened the damn junior mints and ate them. And guess what? I'm fine. I enjoyed the rest of the movie. I enjoyed the junior mints. My clothes still fit today. I'm still able to do active things. Um, So, yeah. I mean, (laughs) they are definitely really really hard days and they kind of come out of the blue they come out of nowhere but I get through them and every day is a new day I do have a group chat of girls that I that I just recently met a couple of weeks ago but they have quickly become some of the most supportive and just amazing parts support system so I, I texted them and I just said hey you guys I need a little bit of confidence right now and they they hyped me up They boosted me, and I I know that I can turn to them and a lot of my other close friends in those moments. All right, two more questions. This is going to be a shorter episode today. If you could have lunch with a table of five famous people, dead or alive, and myself, who would I invite? Number one, absolutely Ariana Grande. Everybody knew that I was going to say that. Um, Number two, Michelle Obama. I mean, I want to be her friend. I, I love her. Number three, I would say the Christian author Rachel Held Evans, who tragically passed away just after she had published three or four books. And I read I read one of her books called A Year of Biblical Womanhood, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this this woman is amazing. I cannot wait to learn more about her. And then I actually did not know that she had passed away until after I read a couple of her books. So... I just, I I had formulated this whole plan to try to meet her and talk to her and interview her and all this stuff before I found out that she had passed away. So to be able to talk to her would be incredible. Another one would be Glennon Doyle, author of the book Untamed and host of the podcast You Can Do Hard Things. She is an incredible woman and I've never spoken with her before, but I did have the opportunity to be on a zoom call with her when untamed the journal was published and that was amazing um yeah she's just incredible and an advocate and open to learning and open to change i i love her all right i feel like i should have a man in here maybe not i don't know um let's say prince let's add prince in there because he is one of my parents favorite musicians He has influenced my parents, especially my dad's music taste, a lot. And the more that I learn about him, the the more cool I think he was. And he broke a lot of gender boundaries and, and he pushed the envelope for artists in his generation. And I would just love for him to be at a table with, who did I say? Ariana Grande, Michelle Obama, Rachel Held Evans, Glennon Doyle, Prince, and myself. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely it. All right, and then the last question, which I think is so interesting, is what is the most difficult song you've had to sing? I think 
the answer to that would be I sang a lot of songs in my high school and early college years that I was simply not vocally ready to sing. I saw myself as this lead character persona. I saw myself singing all of these really like high belting roles. And again, we're back to the music theater. We just can't escape it. It is a core part of my identity, even though I don't really feel like it is anymore. I would say when I was a senior in high school, I really wanted to sing Astonishing from Little Women. And if any of you know that song, it takes a very specific belter to sing that and I sang it far before I was ready to I have sung a lot of things in my post-college years now that music is just fun and a 100% hobby and I figured out new ways of belting and mixing and singing has just become a lot easier for me so although I I guess I would say I've always had a good voice I have developed a lot of skills now that music isn't like this thing that's pressure and anxiety and I'm being graded on it and all this stuff so I would probably say astonishing but now that I'm saying that I would like to give it a try now so we'll see stay tuned on the Instagram I might post one of my sitting on my living room floor covers all right you guys I hope that that was interesting or entertaining or anything. I hope you learned more about me. And thank you so much for listening to my solo episode. I have some really cool friends coming on over the next couple of weeks. And I hope that you all know that you are good humans. You are great humans. And thank you for being here today. And we'll see you next time.